What's up, y'all? I got a dance deal for you, Chicago. Hubbard Street Dance heats up the Harris Theater stage with its spring series of joy next week. Now, this is some of the most dynamic, cutting-edge contemporary dance made by the world's leading choreographers right here in Chicago. I'm excited for Echoes of Our Ancestors by Maria Torres, among other creators. But you can only catch it for three performances between May 17th and May 19th. Luckily, CityCast Chicago listeners can get tickets in any section for 20% off using code CityCast online or over the phone. Visit HubbardStreetDance.com for details and use code CityCast. Today on CityCast Chicago, what do recent Supreme Court decisions mean for the future of higher ed? Chicago is experiencing increased flood warnings, and we've got an arts field weekend for you. Joining me is lead producer Simone Alisea and WBEZ higher ed reporter Lisa Phillip. It's Friday, July 7th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago's talking about. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Simone. Thanks for having me. Good morning. I'm excited to have both of y'all in the building. Before we get started, uh, Malort seems to be in the conversation recently. Not only did CityCast Chicago talk about it, uh, our friends over at Curious City talk about it. And I saw on Twitter that during Drake's uh, sort of after party, somebody tried to get him or somebody got him to drink some Malort to get the the stank face that that many people find themselves with. So, Lisa, I got to start with you. Do you have a Malort story uh, have you tried it or have you forced some transplant or newcomer to try it? <laughs> you know, I recently moved back about a year ago and growing up here, I'd never heard of it. And now I'm like hearing all Same. this chatter about it. You know, I got close, close to trying Malort, but my husband um, was hanging out with some friends and they had a bottle open and I was supposed to like be able to try some leftovers, <laughs> but I guess it got left open outside it got consumed by ants. So like oh. I. <laughs> so you, you, you're still on the, the haven't done it list. Yes. Yes. Um, but, you know, I think uh, my husband was like, yo, <laughs> you you should be happy those ants drink it. <laughs> I, I am so shocked that the ants like Malort. I, I got to say, I, I really I would have thought if I were an animal and I smelled that. I would have run away. Uh-huh. Like, there's no way. That's so shocking. Like, that's supposed to keep you out of the yard. <laughs> right. Well, right, if you right. take any advice from Simone and I today, you know, maybe just keep pushing it down the road. Yeah, <laughs> if, yeah. If, if eventually it keep... happens, it will. But yeah, keep yeah, avoiding yeah. it. Like, keep <laughs> accidentally leaving it open outside <laughs> for the ants. <laughs> Lisa, one of the reasons we brought you in here today is because we've had uh, two really crucial rulings come down from the Supreme Court in the last week that will uh, have major impacts on the future of higher education. One, dealing with uh, affirmative action uh, and using race and admissions. Uh, And the other is with Biden's plan to offer student debt relief to millions of Americans. What did the Supreme Court rule last week? Yeah. So first off, with the affirmative action case, Basically, what they ruled is that these admissions programs at Harvard and UNC Chapel Hill that take into account race. So it's just one factor in an applicant's, you know, application. And it, in 
one sense of their identity, personality, academic background. Racial quotas, they haven't been permitted for a few decades now because of a previous Supreme Court ruling. So just like to get that out of the way off the bat. Um, But basically, the Supreme Court then even went even further and said, you can't consider race at all in, in your admissions process at these selective schools. But there are many other selective schools that practice this very mm-hmm. similar similar application pro- process where they consider race. So those schools won't be able to do it either for fear of legal challenges to their processes, right? So now schools are trying to think of ways to sort of compensate for not being able to use that, whether that's considering like socioeconomic status or um, looking at a student's essay, but the ruling leaves a lot up in the air. And this was another decision split across sort of conservative lines. What did dissenting justices say? Yeah, so basically they were opposing this idea of like a colorblind admissions policy in that you're totally disregarding the fact that we live in a country where racism affects every aspect of our society, right? Mm -hmm. In in a very systematic way, education included, right? Like race definitely has an effect on where you've grown up, what kind of uh, schools you went to, how you're viewed by your teachers, your your classmates, and, and what courses you have access to, right? So like in in the dissenter's view, it it ignores so much of what a person is bringing to the table when they're applying to colleges. Lisa, I'm curious, what have uh, Illinois institutions, how have they responded or to to the to this ruling? Yeah, that's a great question. So a lot of them, both institutions and then like higher education leaders and politicians really criticize this ruling and like affirmed their commitment to making institutions more equitable for Black and Latino students, um, whether or not they actually show that to us in the upcoming months, because like Northwestern and University of Chicago both practice something called legacy admissions, um, Mm -hmm. which is one thing, for example, that stands in the way of actually making your campus equitable for, for all students, because this is a policy that gives preference to the children of alumni. And because these schools didn't let in Black folks, Latino folks, other non-white folks, um, this policy, because it draws on generational ties, right, continues to exclude students of color. Like Mm -hmm. there were stats that came out of the Harvard case and their 70% of their legacy admits, so students who are somehow some way related to an alumni were white. So these are, you know, it's it's a chunk of seats in an admitted class that gets taken up by students. Maybe they are academically qualified. I don't know, but they got a leg up. Mm-hmm. So if you're if we're you know gonna gonna really take this idea of a meritro- meritocratic system and follow through with it, we're we now have challenges, legal challenges to legacy admissions at Harvard, for example, as of this week in response to last week's ruling. 
and um, Northwestern and U Chicago. I'm waiting to see if they drop drop their policies. Um, yeah. You and as me one both. St- <laughs> as mm-hmm. one step towards uh, you know making these places more more accessible, equitable for all students. Mm-hmm. I mean, in addition to what that ruling means in in how it will increase challenges for for black and brown people trying to get into college. Another Supreme Court ruling sort of, you know, continues the burden on people who've already left college uh, with, in some cases, like myself, mountains of of student debt. Can you talk about that? Yeah. uh, So Biden last fall had proposed this program to relieve up to twenty thousand dollars in student in federal student loans. And the Supreme Court basically ruled that Biden didn't have the authority to award this relief to students. So mm-hmm. you have students who had applied, like in, in Illinois, more than one and a half million Illinois residents had applied for this program. Yep. I think both me and Jacoby are in that. Are in that. <laughs> yep. I was like, including <laughs> hand raised. Yes, yes, exactly. So many people were really saw this as a lifeline, right? Like people are still recovering from the pandemic. Prices are still high. And then you have people who've had relief because of the payment pause, which of course is ending this fall. And like, I know a lot of I've talked to a lot of people who were like this ten or twenty thousand dollars would have wiped out a big chunk of my debt and mm-hmm. and you know I even talked to someone who was like basically made a decision about going back to school for a graduate degree based on this and now mm-hmm. he's still on the hook for his twenty thousand plus dollar repayments um, so yeah what can I say I mean Biden is now looking at other ways to get relief to students. But we'll see. We'll see if that that comes through for us. I mean, can we all just take a moment to really process what the Supreme Court has ruled on in just the last couple of years, the direct impact that it has had on our lives in a way that, you know, presidential elections, our governor, like our even our local officials, like, of course, the, the policy decisions they make have an impact on us. But to see everything from student loans to, to reproductive rights uh, to affirmative action be sort of quickly dismantled in, in a matter of years. And, and in many ways, there, there's no there, there feels like there's no recourse to, to these decisions. Right. Th- these people, they stay here, you know, until retirement or, or, or the bucket. And uh, it, it really feels in, in some ways like like we're only getting started with with the potential this court has to sort of undo long held uh, sort of laws in, in this country. You mentioned sort of like the the fact that these decisions are having this very like tangible effect in our daily lives, right? I think about the students here in Chicago who are maybe getting this message that college isn't for them. Loud and clear. Right? Right? Because of student debt, because of rising costs, just because of admissions processes that sometimes seem unfair, right, to certain students. Um especially students of color. And I think both the student debt rulings and the affirmative action, one of one of the most impactful things will just be the message it sends, I think, to students who are thinking about college and whether it's for them or not. 
Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patient smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you can transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. Over the weekend and throughout this week, Chicago has seen more and more rain. And if you've been paying attention to your phone, that means more and more flood warnings. Uh, Simone, can you catch us up? The big one was, of course, was Sunday where Chicago set records for how much rain was coming in. We got more. We have had more rain in July than we had in May and June combined. I've got I've got caught out in it three times now. Like I was I have pictures of walking on like the lake trying to like scurry back yesterday <laughs> in the gray cloud that moved slowly <laughs> over the city. It was one of the, it was a very Somehow beautiful yet terrifying sight to see out there yesterday. I spent several days drying out a book that I had in my backpack when I got caught in it on Sunday. Uh, and, and uh, you know, the, the rain on Sunday led to 311 saw more than 2,000 complaints. Mm -hmm. uh, nearly 27,000 people were left without power. Um, and then we had storms uh, on Wednesday as well that were not, weren't quite as severe, but like, you know, it was already pretty wet. And so we saw more flooding, more down trees. Uh, uh, and uh, it's it's just really rough out there. Um, there's also this other thing that I thought was really interesting uh, because we some of the outlying suburbs, places like Cicero and Berwyn got even more rain. And there were some there's a little bit of conflict between uh, Cicero officials and the Metropolitan Water Reclamation District who sort of deals with the water flow, right? Chicago is a very complex system of, of, yeah. of flowing water and making sure the river doesn't overflow. We don't get sewage and do our drinking water and all that good stuff. And, uh, you know, Cicero sort of accused the the water reclamation district of, of sort of slow rolling some things. And they basically said, like, you know, if we if we drop these gates too quickly, it will create a tidal wave of Lake, on Lake Michigan that will destroy the coast of Chicago. Um, so yeah, it's this very rough sort of sort of complicated period for homeowners, especially. I think this has just been a very very stressful uh, mm -hmm. week of of basement flooding. No, I've had yeah. friends who've had flooding. I've seen the videos of cars getting caught out by the the Austin exit. Um, I mean, the, the manhole geysers just sort of, oh, yeah. sort of spewing I up literally thought it was Buckingham Fountain. When I first saw it, like the video came across <laughs> my feed, I thought it was a video of Buckingham Fountain. And then I was like, that's a manhole in the middle of the street. Nope. <laughs> Definitely not the fountain. I had a few neighbors who were dealing with flooded basements and a friend who lives right behind me had like five or six inches of water in her basement, you know? Jeez. 
we lost a lot of family photos when I was in high school because our basement flooded and it flooded to like waist deep. Man, we lost so many photos, old videos, oh. Nancy Drew books, like the originals. Oh no. Yeah. No, that's that no out. good. Uh Lisa, you had a recent sit down with the president of Chicago State University, um, who is going into or just passing what their fifth year with the school. That's Can you tell right, us a little yeah. bit about that conversation? Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a good one. She, uh, so President Z Scott has had a year. Um, she so so Chicago State is a really interesting place in that it serves a majority Black student population, and it's the only college in the state that does so. It's in the Roseland neighborhood um, mm-hmm. on Chicago South Side, and. I got to spend some time there earlier this year because of they had a faculty strike and um, and I got to particularly follow a professor and a student who she transferred to Chicago State, not totally knowing what she wanted to do, but she knew she liked chemistry and she had Valerie Goss as her uh, chemistry professor. And it was a first she was like this is the first time I'm seeing a black woman as uh, teaching chemistry. And she, it set her on this path. Now she's heading to do a doctorate in chemistry at university of Chicago. Um, so it just meeting the student, I was like, what this school, like I need to spend some more time there. Um, and I also wanted to catch up with the president because she faced criticism during the strike, of course. I mean, that happens a lot. You know, there was a lot of um, acrimony there. But she, I thought she was, just made this amazing point about this whole conversation of whether or not college degrees are worth it. Especially here in Illinois, we've seen the public funding for higher education so much lower than what it used to be a couple decades ago, right? And then these universities are having to charge more tuition to sort of compensate for that. And that's really had very, um, well, disparate impacts on different kinds of students in the state. And so President Z. Scott, to bring this back to her, you know, like she's basically like the message isn't that college isn't for everyone. The message is that we need to make it for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not she's, you know, successful, she's definitely done some things at Chicago State to uh, both recruit and retain students. Like one of the things they've done is implement the RISE program, which gives free tuition to incoming freshmen for their first year. And provides like sort of like an academic on-ramping almost over the summer before they start to kind of get them um, the skills they need to be successful in college. She's just like on this mission to get more Black students onto college campus and, and, and get them through it too, because she's like, you know, the, the percentage of Black students enrolled in college in Illinois has dropped by more than a third in the since about 2010. So that's a that's a huge drop and it has very real implications both for their students, their communities and for the state as a whole. Um, as as President Scott pointed out, you know, um, 
college is still bringing people more job opportunities, more. It, it, it still remains a, a ladder in many cases to more opportunities. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and, and I understand that even for myself with all of the debt I take on, I am, you know, I'm grateful for my time. But I do I do have those days when I look at that number and, and I am still asking myself, what is the trade off? Like, you know, so I'm like, whatever, gotten City Cash Chicago, I could have just done some storytelling on the side. Maybe they still would have reached out to me <laughs> if I didn't have the degrees. But but maybe then I wouldn't have been prepared. Yeah. You know, so but I but if we don't make it more cost effective, right? If if we don't see that there's going to be relief, that people are going to, you know, people are going to be able to to, to take access to programs and, and free money and grants to get into college. I don't see that turnaround in terms of those those numbers. I know, I know. I'm starting this project of uh, talking to student loan borrowers and like reflecting on whether they think it's worth it was worth it or not. And I think (laughs) it's so complicated just by the sheer expense and not not even the financial, just the financial burden of it. But now we're, you know, dealing with this bureaucratic mess. So, yeah, I think I think like what. Scott had to say was basically like we're we're asking the wrong question. It's not like is college worth it. It's who is college for right now, um, and what do we need to do to make it for everyone? Yeah. And also, what is the like on a more fundamental too? What is the purpose of it? Like, is the purpose to to churn out you know people who can do these high end jobs? Uh, you know, is the is that is that the ideal? Or is there an objective use to just higher ed and to, to learning more and to learning from the smartest people around? Um, I, you know, yeah. there's an idealist in me that, that likes that element of it, right, of getting to, <laughs> to, to just learn as much as you can about a bunch of different things. But uh, yeah, very absolutely. tough to calculate in, in yes, terms of what's yeah. going on. Yeah, was my philosophy degree worth 40 racks? <laughs> and I, I don't know. I might have studied. <laughs> I might have studied. Some some a little bit different. Some, some a little bit. <laughs> you know, President Scott had something to say about that too. She was like, "Because I think so often this con- very conversation gets focused on like STEM degrees and like are we churning out workers, right?" But she was like, "You know, a liberal arts degree, if you learn to write and think critically, like that ability is never getting taken away from you." And there, this is this is the idealist in her, I'm right. sure, but there will always be a job for you. Um, oh. And, you know, well, of course. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, let's, end, let's, let's end it on that note with a collective shrug. And a, but, uh, uh, but the, the idealist in me also, like you said, the opportunity to learn from just the people, the smartest people in the room, the ability to be surrounded by other peers who are like pursuing their curiosity and just like the college experience. Right. Um, I I, I would, I wouldn't trade that part for, for, for the world. Let's not, let's not bring the listener down too much. Right. They say anything about loans. Is they going to be able to pay for this for the next generation? What's the air quality going to be? their basement flooded. Their basement and flooded. Their basement <laughs> so we got to make sure we leave people with some good and news. 
<laughs> Simone, what is your some good news to get the people through the day, the weekend, the 10 years working in public service to hopefully get their <laughs> debt relieved? <laughs> get that relief. Uh, well, you know, I, I'm always here talking about whatever I, I've got going on in my life. And uh, uh-huh. I think the thing that always brings me good news is a little bit of comedy. And I just want to shout out this show that I saw last week. Uh at the Red Room, uh, which is in West Rogers Park, kind of on Western, uh, next right next to Candlelight Diner. Um, and I had never been there. And it's literally just like a room in a storefront. <laughs> it's very mm-hmm. small. Uh, but I got invited to this comedy show by my Uber driver. And he's a Sudanese. And he was like, I want to do this show. I, I saw this thing when I was in Egypt where they brought members of the audience and they like had them work with the comedians in the back and then come up and like do like one joke, do like 30 seconds or do like a minute. <laughs> and uh, he's like, I really want to do that. And I was like, well, that I want to see like that. I need to, I need to see that happen. And uh, I did it. It was it was super fun. It was great. And the two people who went up were actually delightful. And uh, they told a really good joke. And on top of it, our friend uh, Dario Durham from the 77 Flavors of Chicago podcast, who was just on the show last week. Shout out Dario. Yeah, was also performing and also had a great set. Um, So it was just a good time all around. A great little spot when they let you out. They let you out not onto the street, but into another bar, uh, which like where people were like playing pool and like had nothing to do with the comedy show. They just were there. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was just like a, like a weird, funny Chicago experience. Like you're in an Uber and all of a sudden you're at a comedy show and then you meet a friend. Like, it, yeah, it's great. It was a great time. And just a quintessential Chicago summer, in my opinion. I love Simone's good news all the time. Uh, <laughs> Lisa, what is your some good news? <laughs> well, maybe I'll try some alert this weekend. Is that good news or bad news? <laughs> no, nah, that's bad news, dude. That's bad news. <laughs> yeah. nah, stay away. Um, yeah, okay. So I'll stay away from that. Um, I'm really excited for this movie that just came out, Joyride, because mm-hmm. it's like this super raunchy comedy with an Asian American cast and I'm I'm Indian American. I feel like I grew up as so many of us did with these characters that were always like nerdy. That's fine. I'm a nerd, but like quiet, docile, you just like, you know, mm-hmm. go through life with your head down, right? Like but this really flaunts all of that. This movie and like I think I saw the trailer, which is the scene where, where, you know, there are two little Asian American girls in the playground and this like kid approaches them and is like, oh, like no, some, some sort of Rachel slur, like no Ching Chong's in this playground. And one of the girls is just like, can I swear on this podcast? Of course. (laughs) Now you can. (laughs) Yeah, now I can. Okay. Well, well, she says, fuck you and punches him in the face. And I was like, I absolutely need to see this movie. (laughs) That was like what I wish I had done as a kid. So (laughs) yeah, yeah. I'm definitely excited for that. To give people one more thing to look forward to checking out this weekend. I think it's a, obviously it's the summer. So there are already 
a thousand festivals going on. But if you want to get into your arts bag this weekend, you got plenty of opportunities. From Friday, there's an art pop-up at Hyde Park put on by Progression called Shea Baldwin. They're going to have merch, great art pieces. You can head over to Wrigleyville for the South Southport Art Fest Saturday and Sunday. Or if you're over in Humble Park, the Barrio Arts Fest uh, is going to be happening. So um, I think I'm going to get out in these streets this weekend and, and check out and pick up some local art uh, between these three neighborhoods. What uh, what kind of art are you looking for? Are you look because you I've been to your apartment. You've got like you've already mm-hmm. got a ton of art on your walls. Like what do. do you need? Like a, like do you need a objects? Full, do you need, like what a, like are you looking posters. for? But what I are you huge, looking for? Nothing you, in particular. I'm going to oh, probably okay. grab some merch from Progression for sure. And then usually I try to grab things that I can carry. Um, and so like something like a little like something like a little tabletop piece, like a little piece of like a little mm. painting. So if I could bring back something, I can like put like on like a little shelf or something. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm nothing in particular, but something handheld that it's easy to carry. Portable, I like it. Nothing too big. That's why I go for the jewelry. I'm always in for the like okay. street fest jewelry. Like that is my that is my vibe. I'm down. I'm always down to grab merch that I can wear immediately. So like yeah, I'll pick up a, like a, a sun hat or like some some random glasses or something. Some wearable uh, art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm yeah, all yeah. for it. <laughs> uh, well, I want to thank both of y'all for joining me on this uh, amazing Friday to to look back on some key stories from the week. Shout out to WBEZ's higher air reporter, Lisa Phillip, and our lead producer, Simone Alisea. Thank y'all so much for making time. Hey, thank thanks you. for having me. That was a blast. Before I let you go, I want to give a huge shout out to the rest of the CityCast Chicago team, including producer Grant Irving, our newsletter editor, Sydney Madden, our roving newsletter editor this week, Natalia Aldana, the music we all love from Sam Thousand, all the kimonos, and Mark Greenberg from the Mayfair Workshop. If you love CityCast Chicago nearly as much as I do, please share with your friends and family and rate and review the podcast wherever you can. I'm going to talk to you bright and early on Monday. In the meantime, in between time, head over to chicago.citycast.fm and subscribe to the best damn newsletter in the business. Hey, Chicago, if you already subscribe, you know, just stick around the website and read a little bit. I'll talk to you on Monday. Peace. Hey, Stephanie has been getting rose after rose. Was killing it in She's Marvelous so Miss Maisel. Yes. Killed it in... Yes. Uh, was it everywhere? Everything, everything, everything everywhere, 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 all, all, all at, at once. once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all trying to say it at the same time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> every square, every circle, all the time. <laughs>